is episode 73 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, your host. And today I have Joy Evans, author of Saying Yes to Less. She's admittedly a recovering perfectionist. Joy travels the world to support high-achieving women who are tired of feeling drained and spread too thin. Can I get an amen from some of our listeners right now? She helps people discover where to find their long vacations, guilt-free, lazy afternoons, and quality time with their friends and family. By learning to set boundaries and saying yes to less in her own life and her former career as a graphic designer for clients such as Nike and Adidas, she eliminated resent from her relationships, increased her income, and healed, this is important, you guys, for anyone listening, chronic asthma and back pain. She is an award-winning author and her second book, Achieve More by Saying Yes, is due out in November. Welcome to the show, Joy. Thank you, Bella, for having me. Fantastic. Why don't you go ahead and like fill in those gaps for me? How did you become who you are today? So I grew up in a family of achievers. My dad started out as a psychologist and eventually through his career was a CEO of several multi-million dollar companies. My mom started out as a school teacher and worked her way up to being a superintendent of schools. My sister used to be this little bratty girl <laughs> who I now fortunately like a lot more, who's now a doctor of chiropractic and she has a couple offices with a bunch of people that work for her. Wow. Why am I telling you this? It's because who we are is kind of defined by the environment that we grow up in. And so no surprise, I was an achiever too. You know, I was the president of student council by the time I was in fifth grade kind of thing. And the pressure to perform, you know, underneath that expectation was really difficult and challenging for me though. So, you know, I was highly critical of myself. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do more, to be more, to have more. And no surprise that I took that into my career as a graphic designer. And, you know, I took clients that weren't a fit for me. I did a lot of things that wound up leaving me drained. You know, I said yes to last minute requests. Yes to rush work without getting paid for it. Like a lot of things that really left me feeling drained and feeling kind of at the end of the day. And that took a toll for me. The toll, a lot of it was physical. You know, I was fatigued. I felt empty. I had chronic back pain. And I got to a place where it really wasn't working for me. And I called what I did gift wrapping garbage. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I say this because, you know, a lot of my clients made products in China. And my job was to package them all up and make them pretty so that people would buy them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel really good and aligned with the choices that I was making and so forth. So I was sitting on my bed one day. And I was getting ready to go gift wrap garbage. And I heard this voice in my head that came through like clear as day. Mm -hmm. And the voice was basically, if you don't do something different, you're going to get sick again. What I haven't told you is that I grew up with asthma, really bad asthma. I mean, I was on all kinds of medications and still had terrible symptoms. Nobody knew how to get them to go away. And in the previous few years before this, I had worked really hard on learning a whole bunch of holistic modalities purely for the sake of healing myself. And I had gotten to the point where I was actually off the medication and symptom free, like something that nobody thought was possible. So there was no way that I was going back to that. 
Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to make a change and I got mentoring and I learned how to say no to things that weren't a fit for me. And I started changing the rules with clients about what was a reasonable expectation and what wasn't and changing things with my family even. The end result was I didn't have any more resent in my relationships. I made more money. I had a lot more energy and I had a lot more joy and aliveness in everything that I was doing. Uh This eventually led to me transitioning careers and supporting high achieving women who were in a similar situation where, you know, they were stressed out and anxious and overwhelmed and tired and sick of being there and wanting to step into something different. And the techniques and skills that I had learned along the way, particularly in resolving asthma and then in transitioning to creating boundaries and so forth. That's what I'm now using unexpectedly with clients now. You know, the asthma thing is really interesting. I know there's a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers out there. They're in my forums and they talk about having fibromyalgia and arthritis. And at the taping of this right now, we are entering into fall. I think this is actually going to come out in the winter or so. But regardless of when you're listening the colder weather seems to really get a lot of these chronic illnesses, diseases, pains, you know, really in flaring mode. So I can only imagine how many people are saying, girl, how did you do that? (laughs) Tell, Tell me more about that. Like, how did the change of your lifestyle essentially change your medical condition? Easiest way to describe it is there's a lot of stress in your body in a lot of different ways. You know, and we have a lot of environmental stress that we put on ourselves based on the foods that we eat and the electromagnetic fields that we expose our to with our cell phones and our Wi-Fi things. And if you sleep by the refrigerator, like all different kinds of things that impact your immune system, your body's ability to regulate itself, like our biology was not designed to handle all of this technology and so forth. And then you throw on top of that, you know, the emotional stuff. And then, you know, if you're not sleeping well or taking care of yourself, all of those implications and then what beliefs you have about your health or whether it's possible to heal something or there's just like this whole mesh of all these different things, food sensitivities, everything that can play in somebody's health. Right. One of the trainings that I did, I had to actually document how many different modalities I tried. So I'm very familiar with a lot of natural healing methods. Uh-huh. I tried over 40 different things wow. in the process of healing myself. And I would not say that where I am right now is absolutely perfect. What I know is that we all have kind of like these pressure points where we have a weakness in our body. You know, for some people, it might be their back. You know, they get under a lot of stress and their back goes out. Or, mm-hmm. you know, for some people, it might be breathing. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm not being the best version of me, mm-hmm. it's going to show up and I'm going to start having breathing symptoms. Uh-huh. I kind of need to look around and see what's happening and what choices I'm making to recognize, okay, where am I not making space for myself here? Where is it too small for me to breathe? That's incredible. It speaks a lot to just being in tune with your body. And you're absolutely right. I know the most common thing that came to my mind is when you're sitting at the desk all day long, it's like your shoulders and neck and you just like, and then that gives you headaches and then that makes you feel bad. And then you just want to eat sugar and carbs and make bad choices and lay in bed and you become lazy. And then it just keeps spiraling. You know, I hear you girl. And I've had a similar experience with that just by just starting to work out every day and having a morning routine, which I'm sure is part of what we're going to talk about today. So tell me more about how you had this epiphany. You were going along in your job, gift wrapping garbage, as you say. And um, (laughs) what was that? Enough is enough. And what did you start to do to try to start to fix it? Because I'm sure that, you know, people are listening to this right now and they're like, yeah, you know what? That's great, you guys. But I don't have a magic wand. I can't just all of a sudden start changing it. So, Joy, what advice would you give to someone who is in a chronic 
pain situation that wants to start changing their life? How can they start making that move to get out of it? You know, I think the biggest thing is certainly I would advise somebody to, you know, pay attention to your physical symptoms and get support on a physical level. And what I know from my own journey and from journeys of my clients is that a lot of physical symptoms are instigated by psychological issues. And our stress level and the things that cause us emotional pain oftentimes show up in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So when we're just looking at, oh, my back hurts and not like, okay, looking around and saying, okay, where am I giving too much and not receiving enough? And where am I not feeling supported? And where am I feeling brokenhearted about, you know, something that's happened, sad about something that's happening in a relationship? Like those kinds of things are going to show up in our bodies in different ways. Everybody processes things differently. But I like to say that when we have difficult emotions and we don't process them, we like to put them in our imaginary backpack that we carry. And it's kind of like the backpack just gets heavier and heavier and heavier until we actually deal with those things. So it's kind of like we're not off the hook until we actually sit in our present with what's actually happening in our body. That's so good. That's so good. And I know that there's a lot of people out there right now thinking, hmm, so I would just start taking an inventory of your life and like really writing things down and seeing like, when are my feeling certain ways? And how does it make me feel? You can do that just a food diary after you eat different foods after you're doing certain activities in your life, whether it's working out all the way to drinking, you know, absolutely, just really taking a conscious inventory of things. So we do all this to our bodies, we're, we're all stressed out, we're not really paying attention, we're not taking inventory, then we start trying to people please everyone probably, absolutely. right? And just absolutely. saying yes to everything. So let's talk about that. Like, why are people saying yes to everything to begin with? Let's address that first. I don't know that it's all people. I know that more women do this than men. based on how we were raised. I mean, culturally speaking, women are attuned to putting everybody else first, Mm -hmm. putting everybody else's needs first, that it's not okay to stop and rest, you know, until your body breaks down. Yeah. Back to the pain idea. A lot of us have learned, and this was part of my family's story, was the only time it was okay for you to rest was if you had a physical issue. Yeah. And that stopped you from getting up and doing something. And that physical issue got people in my family, including me, a lot of attention. Uh So if we have attention need that's not being met, it's one way that we can ineffectively get that met. Uh So it's a lot of self-sacrifice. Like we've learned how to self-sacrifice. And until we step out of that paradigm, we can't actually say yes to less. I love that. Do you think that it's only our society? Like, do you think that's the American society? Do you think that's like a worldwide thing? Do you see it more in different areas of the world? I can't really speak for a lot of different cultures. I know in Western civilization, that's where I have my grounding. So I know that every country has kind of their different version of this. But I hear from people in the UK, mostly I work with English speaking countries. So the UK and Australia and New Zealand, US and Canada that, you know, we're definitely in a similar boat, culturally speaking, related to how we kind of do things. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. You guys, when we come back, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to talk more about how do we say no without feeling guilty and ultimately how to say yes to less. We'll be right back. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. 
They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And I'm back with Joy Evans and we're talking everything about just slowing down, taking inventory of our life and saying yes to less. So Joy, as we go back into this, tell me your thoughts about how do we say no without feeling guilty? And I mean, because I think that maybe one of the reasons why a lot of us say yes to things is because we feel guilty if we don't. So can you break that down for us? Yeah, so there's two kind of concepts here. First is the saying no. And the second piece about is the feeling guilty part. So can I share with you first about the feeling guilty part? Because if we don't understand how guilt works, we can get caught in the trap. Okay. So I was taking this training with one of my mentors, Jay Frissette, and he totally lined this out. And I was like, whoa, okay, totally doing things differently now as a result. So I'm going to share with you exactly what he shared with me, which is we have a particular behavior. I'll give you the example of my client, Diane, whose mom called her like it seemed like to her 50 times a week. And she was constantly interrupting her at work and, you know, on the weekends. And her mom was kind of an energy vampire, so to speak, like someone who was a real drainer. Yeah. So Diane did not feel good about talking to her. She didn't even like to listen to the messages and she definitely didn't call her back. (laughs) But she felt guilty about not calling her back. Yeah. So she had this behavior of not calling her back. The reason why she felt guilty about it was because she had a belief about what that behavior was. And the belief was, I'm not a good daughter if I don't call my mom back. Okay, so when we have these two separate things, you have your belief over here and your behavior over here, there's a big gap in between them when they're not aligned with one another. Mm -hmm. And the gap in the middle is where the guilt sits. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the bridge between the belief and the behavior. Okay. So the guilt shows up as a way to punish ourselves for not having our belief in alignment with our behavior. Okay. And we do that for an indeterminate period of time. And the payoff of that is that we don't have to change either Mm -hmm. the behavior or the belief. Okay. Now, if we take the behavior and the belief and we stick them into alignment, meaning, you know, I can be a good daughter and either not call my mom back or renegotiate whatever agreement we have. So either change the belief or change the behavior, renegotiate how she and her mom are interacting with one another. If you change either one of those things, you can now create an alignment between them. There's no gap in between. And thus, there's no bridge that's necessary and no space for the guilt to live. Right. So when she did that, she actually renegotiated with her mom that they would have a call on Fridays and that her mom would have something to look forward to and she wouldn't constantly be reaching out to need her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they actually had one day together every month. And that put Diane in a place where she could be in like really good spirits and really loving and compassionate with her mom instead of overwhelmed because her mom had been like, I want you, I want you, I want you every single day. So that's kind of how the guilt works relative to whatever it is. Nobody can really guilt us. All they do is point to the gap between our beliefs and our behavior. And oftentimes the person who's pointing at the gap shares the belief that we have. Right, right. And the guilt is something that we take on ourselves. It's whether you choose to accept it or not. What I hear from your story is that the daughter 
reestablished expectations that her mother could have of her and her relationship and also probably gave her a little bit of choice in the matter so she didn't feel completely dictated to but said hey listen like this is what I can do this is what I can't do how about we do this and exactly. that kind of that kind of goes to my next question for you joy is How does one figure out where those boundaries should be so they can create the right expectations that people should have of them? So it comes back to listening to our bodies again. Uh We all have these experiences where we step into something and then we start to like have these uncomfortable feelings, whatever that is. For some people, that's like a twisting feeling in their stomach or like, oh, it just feels like heaviness in their chest or you just know like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, most of us know when Uh we don't want to say yes to something. Uh When it feels heavy or burdensome, like that to me is like a huge red flag that we're pushing up against whatever our edge is. I'd say maybe a lot of the times that's when someone goes, I see when my clients, they all come into our Facebook groups and go, oh my gosh, this client wants this and they really don't want to do this. What should I say to them? How should I do it? And they're struggling with, I know where my boundary is, but I'm not sure how to assert that. So I want all of our listeners right now thinking about our Facebook groups and this is a (laughs) perfect example of how you can utilize what joy is saying in your life right now. You know that the boundary is there because you're feeling icky about it and you don't want to accept what someone is either believing about you or wanting you to do. And now we've got to figure out how to reshape those expectations. Am I on the right track, Joy? Absolutely. Can I share with you my favorite technique for how to do that? Yes, that's what I want. The takeaways that people can actually do. Okay, perfect. So this technique is called the I love you sandwich. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I love this. There's (laughs) three parts to the I love you sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So there's the piece of bread on the top. There's the conjunction and, and then the meat of whatever it is that you're delivering, the difficult news in the middle. And then there's an I love you statement at the end. Okay, Mm -hmm. so don't be confused about the I love you statements. If it's sort of a sentiment of love, not necessarily that you're saying literally I love you. Clearly, you wouldn't say that necessarily to a client unless it was true. But in the case of, you know, you're talking to your spouse. I really enjoy your dogs. They bring so much joy to our, you know. Exactly. We really have fun while we're together. However... (laughs) <laughs> so either it literally an I love you with your spouse or your kids, it could be I love you or an acknowledgement or appreciative statement mm-hmm. that gets people listening. That's mm-hmm. why we're leading with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second piece of that is the meat. So we're going to use the conjunction and not but and then delivery of whatever the difficult news is. OK, so mm-hmm. we all know why we're not using the conjunction, but because mm-hmm. you say, I love you, but it negates everything, it negates right? The thing that came before it. And you're, people are waiting for the breakup statement. Then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, so I love you. And it takes a lot of practice because we're trained to say, but mm-hmm. I love you. And I'm having a really difficult time because you haven't left the key out in the way that we agreed that this would happen. You know, if you're someone's trying to get into your house for whatever right, reason. Right, right, right. And then the third piece is now you're going to acknowledge and make a commitment statement about continuing the relationship. Mm -hmm. So this difficult thing is going on that you want to be changed. And now you're committed to staying in the relationship with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, let's say somebody hasn't left their key out for you to get into their house when you've agreed on that. You know, they're going to go over and walk their dogs and, you know, they need to get into the house. The key isn't where they're expecting it to be. And now they're having to call and text and whatever. I'm sure that your people have these stories that happen sometimes. No? Yeah, well, they do. But we always have our clients keys. But we can understand the example for what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You got the point. Yes. Um, you know, whatever it is, you're, something is there that you're not expecting to have happen. Right. And it's not working for you. Yeah. 
point of this. Yeah. Then the, the next piece is, you know, I really enjoy working with you. And how can we figure out how this doesn't happen again? Right, right, right. Let's work together. Uh-huh. Back to the work together. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. That's great. That's super great. So tell us in the final minutes here, how can people reach you and take a look at your books and just get all your goodness? Yeah. So the easiest thing to do where you'll get actually my five strategies for how to achieve more by saying yes to less and will get you a fabulous offer for access to my book and everything is to text the word strategies to 444-999. Okay. That's strategies. S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S to 444 And all you do is put in your email address and your name and you'll get those strategies in your email box. That'll give you direct access to me as well as tips from me on how to say no like a pro and <sighs> have a lot more love and joy and energy in your life based on making choices that are in alignment for you. That's fantastic. So I want everyone just to have the takeaways of if you have an ailment in your body, start taking note of what's going on in your surroundings and your environment. Start taking inventory from that. Also take inventory of your mental well-being in a way of choose to say yes to the things you want to and don't feel guilty saying no to the things you don't want to. And definitely take Joy up on her offer and grab her strategies. I love that I love you sandwich. And you guys can take that away and use this as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. So I know that you've loved this podcast. The best way you can say I love it is by liking and subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. And I want you guys to always remember to keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.